Hello everybody, I'm Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, my live and uncut cut podcast where I get fantastic speakers from all around the world. Today I've got Patricia Fripp. Some of you know Patricia, she was one of the first ever people to come on the podcast and uh, welcome Patricia. I just want to read out, you've got fans all around the world, Patricia. I got this email this morning from Winston Marsh, the former president of the Australian Speaking Association. He said, all the best for a great program tonight with the fantastic Miss Fripp. She really is a showstopper with a practical down-to-earth advice. Patricia, we're really looking forward to your down-to-earth advice. Thanks for joining us and please talk us through your tip-top tips for a presentation, a structure of a presentation. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much for a wonderful introduction. And you all know we like a little applause before we speak. Derek has asked me to discuss my speech structure. And I do realize we have many great speakers on our call. We have business professionals and just Derek Arden fans who want to listen to every show. Let's look at, there are three ingredients that go into any presentation. Now, when you consider a presentation, that might be giving a message at your church. It could be perhaps giving a father the bride speech, an acceptance speech. It might be, hey, uh, Derek, the speaker at Rotary, is cancelled for tomorrow. Can you come? Just tell us about your business. And many of us on this call believe that the best way to build your local business or to build a speaking business is to speak for free to service clubs. And I'm a great believer there is no free speech. There is no free speech. Now, you might not get a check. However, any time you speak, whether it's virtual or in person, but certainly we're talking about you're going to speaking in your local community. I don't care if you're a plumber or you have an auto shop or the local hardware store. If you give a presentation, one, the fact that you can even stand up and be halfway decent and not trip over yourself, people give you credit for being more of an expert. Two, you get to practice what you're doing because we need to internalize our message. We also get to meet new people. And if you're looking for more speeches, for example, when I first began to speak, it was to service clubs to promote my men's hairstyling salon. And I would wander around all the visiting Rotarians and I'd say, oh, whatever club it was and say, uh, if you like my speech, please give my business card to your, to your program chair. Plus, I used to maximize the opportunity, get business cards, do a drawing to give away a free hairstyle at my salon. Because I knew whoever won the hairstyle, when they went back, everyone say, hey, you won. Let's look at your hair. What was it like? So you have word of mouth advertising. All right, good. So, so there are three ingredients. I say there is the content, what it is you're going to talk about. Then you have to organize it, the structure, in an easy, logical way for you to remember and then also for your audience to remember. And then, of course, there's the delivery. And the more time you spend organizing your presentation into a simple structure. I'm not telling you write out your speech. I am going to suggest you always write out the opening and the close. And you can just work from the framework. Now, Derek, can you please mute yourself? Because although I'm speaking, I'm seeing you. And I would like to see my PowerPoint when I bring it on, which is now. 
All right, let me... Well, I'm still seeing you, but as long as the world sees me, that's okay. So the Fripp speech structure is very good, is well known in the speaking industry. And there is a process, there is a way to do this. And so if you don't begin with your PowerPoint. Now, I know if you if you were delivering a presentation you've delivered before, of course, you're going to look at the last PowerPoint on the subject. I do this all the time. Then take out every image that does not work with this presentation and then put it to the side. And on a flip chart or a yellow pad, I like flip charts because as I'm walking by, I can add something on it when I see it. I keep it in my back office. Uh, any idea, story, quote, any feedback you get from the person who's invited you, you might want to put it on the chart. Because people say, well, how long does it take you to put together a presentation? Well, we all know that depends. Is this a new presentation? Or... If it is somewhat new or a different audience for your subject, do you count the weeks or months you might be thinking about your presentation? So, for example, next week I am delivering a presentation on how to improve your sales presentations. So already I have listened to the person who hired me, how he delivers the presentation. And beginning today... Uh, right after you, I have four conversations in the next two days from people who work who deliver the presentation or their internal sales just to find out. And I, then I'm even interviewing a couple of their customers so I can show them how to turn customers' feelings into great stories. So in this case, I'm interviewing their customers, which were graciously helping me. So one, first you gather your present, you gather everything that's going in your presentation. Now, as you put it together, every presentation has a, has a premise, a central theme. And I want you to write this down. If you have a pad of paper, it amazes me how many people have forgotten a pen and a piece of paper is a valuable technique. No, I'm going to put it on my phone. It isn't the same on your phone. Put it on paper. And I want you to write this down the page. Every. Go down. Every. Dot, dot, dot. Go down, can, go down, subject of your talk slash result. How question mark one, two, three. Even if we give the same core presentation, which you need to have a core presentation, the secret is then to adapt it to the audience we're speaking to. So perhaps you could say every, let's look at the presentation you gave when I was over. Every woman entrepreneur can double their revenue. So that is, who is the audience? Now, you, you see, sometimes you, you sell the subject. For example, Derek, you could have said every women entre woman entrepreneur can learn to negotiate. But no, most premises sell the result. And when I talk to people, I usually say, in, if you had one sentence rather than 45 minutes, how would you summarize your presentation? One sentence. And usually they give me the how. And I usually say, and what is the result of that? And what is the result of that? And what is the result of that? I believe probably six or seven times is the longest question to that is what your premise is. So it's, you can learn to be a great speaker or what's the result of being a great speaker? 
So every, fill in the blank of who the audience is, what would they call themselves, can either your subject or the result of your subject, and then how is the one, two, three is the structure of your presentation. And the simplest way to explain this is your talking points have to prove your present, your premise. So let's just say, Derek, we're talking, most of us are in business or were in business and we're selling our services. So you think, what was the traditional? It is changing, but probably, Derek, when you were growing up in your career, if you were giving a sales presentation, or at least when people were selling to you, the format was very much, this is who we are, this is how long we've been in business, this is our expertise, this is who do, does business with us, and we would very much love to add you to our list to satisfy clients. Now, we... we in a moment, we're going to show you how to change that. So let's look at. Now, of course, I am an American shameless self-promoter. And if you can get a friend who's more famous than you are to have a photo with your book. But so here, this is my book. And if you want to know about speech structure, deliver unforgettable presentations is a step by step guide on how to do that. So let's imagine my premise for this presentation is every attendee of Derek's podcast can deliver an unforgettable presentation. How? And we have a chapter on each aspect. However, what I would say is every attendee to Derek's podcast whether you work for somebody else, you're retired, or you want to promote your business, can build your confidence and credibility. How? Learning no matter what the situation is to deliver an unforgettable presentation. And you think, well, that sounds good. How do I do with that? So let's look at the process. All right, and why don't you read these out, Derek? Make it interactive so you do have to unmute yourself. What is the first part of the process? Gather content. Exactly, and that was what we did on our yellow platter flip chart. What's the next one? Collaborate. Collaborate. Very often my clients, of course, are, they might be sales teams or marketing teams or communication teams. If you are speaking in a company on behalf of your team, obviously collaborate. For professional speakers like you and, and Hillary and Carl and, and, and Tim and I, we collaborate with the person who is bringing us in. Now, when we say there's a difference between personalizing and customizing. Now, I, with my client that I'm beginning, it is my same core content. However, I am personalizing it. I take what they now say, what they now do, and perhaps give them a different point of view. I am not taking their sales presentation and rewriting it from scratch. That would be a much bigger project. I am listening to it, understanding it, and then saying, these are the principles. This is how you might do it with your presentation. All right. So then what is the next one? We structure the presentation. Yes. So you take your content and you just fill it into the simple diagram, which we're now going to show you. Now, again, this is not your PowerPoint. This is on your flip chart. This is the skeleton. Think of it this way. Your structure is the skeleton under the flesh of your words. All right, then what's the next one? We build content in chunks. Yes, and you will see. So remember, you can 
improve your business, looking at your speech. Well, then we know the secret is by learning to negotiate. So what is your first point, Derek, about negotiations? Uh, everything is negotiable. Um, right, good. So that is the point of wisdom for the next chunk of content. Then what is the second chunk of content? Um, if you don't ask, you don't get. Okay, perfect. That's the second. Now, if let's say if you had a half day or an all day seminar, you're going to have probably more than three or you might have three and then another three. But anyway, so that's the idea. Next one. Uh, the next one is do your preparation. Proper preparation prevents pretty poor performance. No, well, that is yours. I was so that's very good. Oh, sorry. My <laughs> next talking point is create some opening scripting. You can see we haven't rehearsed this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just as a plug, just as a plug, if you go to frip.com forward slash handouts. And this is free. Some of the free resources are opening lines, the words and opening lines, the techniques. I'm also speaking for PSA London, December the 9th. I am zooming into a live meeting and part of that will be opening options. Okay. And there are plenty of options to opening. Then you're going, you might not be scripting, but then you have your stories and examples that fit into this simple structure. And then the process of the presentation is after you've gone through your points of wisdom. What does it say? You do your Q&A. You might challenge them and then you're going to move into your close. And then you rehearse, 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 rehearse. As you have heard me say many times, as Michael Caine says, rehearsal is the work, performance is the relaxation. All right, so now let's look at the Fripp speech structure. So strong opening and strong close. Now, perhaps if you are a professional speaker, you probably have your favorite opening lines. The way you open, it could be a story, it could be a quote, it could be an interesting statistic, it could be a combination of them all. So imagine, Derek, you began with a story of negotiations. Let's just say a story and just give me the name of one of your favorite negotiation stories. Was it when you were in France? That's my favorite okay. one now. OK, good. So a story is great. So we've just learned a real life practical application about planning ahead. Just being a little smarter than your competition is giving you credit for. Because you brought someone in who could speak French, but didn't let them know. So when you were debriefing, they could tell you not what they they wanted you to hear, but what they were saying to each other. And then perhaps you could then give a statistic about negotiations. Now, do you have a favorite? Now, with statistics, there are statistics that might come from perhaps a Harvard Business Review report. It could be any known entity that if, if Gartner says, this is the statistic, we believe them. It can also be from your own experience. And when you are sharing your opinion, and this is advice I give for women on their way up who aren't quite, don't have as much male energy as, as, as most men do, they have a tendency to say, well, I think this. No. Based on my extensive research, based on my 30 year career of negotiations and teaching others, 
78% of most negotiators have never taken any training. Congratulations on being wise enough to know, even though you are seasoned professionals, you realize you can still get better. So in that case, you've got a story, you've got an interesting statistic based on real life experience. And then, you see, you know, at the normal Rotary Club, you usually say, well, thank you for the invitation. I'm great to be here. Now, I'm not saying don't be polite and don't thank them. But you see, do it as the third line or the second line and do it as congratulations. And I think the congratulator being wise enough is better than thank you for the invitation. Although either is fine. So that, Derek, is a three, it's, it's a nice opening chunk. Now, if you had a 10-minute talk, you would probably only do one of them, but it, that's fine. It, it, the last, the story takes the longest, the statistic takes medium, doesn't take as long, and the thank you is short. So then let's go back to, then you're going to, in, who is the audience? Now, this is for us because women entrepreneurs, as, as Derek was talking to, and perhaps seasoned executives in one specific industry, the talking points are going to be the same. The examples might be different because ideally, you want examples where people can see themselves in your stories. Doesn't have to be everyone, but at least one of them. And that is where you introduce your premise. And it could be, so thank you for being wise enough to realize, although you are successful entrepreneurs in catering, you can Increase your reputation, your confidence, and your bottom line. Then you can also say, the person who invited you was, Derek? Um, John Lisby. John Lisby. Yep, let's I, say John for women entrepreneurs, I, it wasn't a John. Oh, I see. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay. Yep. No, this was not planned. Derek did not know he was part of the act. But well, principles, see, principles are universal. It's easier to learn when you put someone in the hot seat that wasn't rehearsed. And if you're helping each other, you can do this. Well, Fripp were here, she would tell you this or she'd ask you that because teaching what you are learning is the best way to internalize it so anyway let's say let's just say hillary it was but hillary hillary said derek most of our members have a problem asking for what they are worth so let's roll up our sleeves and look at three ways you can ask for what you're worth, which will lead to increased confidence, credibility, and your bottom line. So you see, you're tying in the request to your premise. And once you introduce a premise, it's not a bad idea to reinforce it. And that's the second way. You build your confidence, your credibility, and your bottom line. Or you can even ask them, can you see how that could increase your confidence, your credibility, and your bottom line? And once they start nodding and saying yes. Now, if this is an interactive workshop, if this is an interactive workshop, then at the end of each chunk, you would ask for feedback. Does that make sense? Is there any specific questions? And if you have seen me on deliver virtual meetings, which is tougher to keep the audience engaged, 
that after each chunk of content, I always have question marks. And that's when I say, when you see a question mark, you can ask a question, make a comment or an observation. Just make them short and specific and of interest to everybody. So let's go back and I'm going to go full screen for this one. All right, now, your points of wisdom are your talking points. And there's different ways that once you introduce your, your point of wisdom, you might need to give an explanation. What do you mean by that? And then you might give an example. And this might be, so Derek, in your case, an example might be, I was helping a, a, a business owner. And you don't say it was a woman business owner, but she's, her problem was. Now, in real life, now this is very important. And my sales teams always laugh hysterically when I say this is, your stories have to be true. They don't have to be 100% accurate. Because it might have been a male that had this problem, but because you're talking to all women, you make it a her. Because if the problem and the solution were exactly the same, what does it matter? All right. So then you're given an example. And if you are looking for consulting business, then in that case, the explanation is, when Hillary called me in, her problem was she had more requests than she could possibly handle. So I suggest, well, Hillary, double your fee and, and take half. Well, I tell you, when people said that to me, I know I can't possibly charge that. You know, you've got to practice. So, and then the next chunk you'll see, or the next circle, is the application. So what you've done, Derek... You've given them a principle. You've given them an example of how you consulted with somebody else. Now, if you've got a longer program, or this, in fact, your entire program could be, answer, could be around answering this one question. How do you build your confidence and credibility and, 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 and ask for what you're worth, which leads to doubling your income. Then you might say, if this makes sense, this is what I recommend you do. If you're now asking for 10 apples, practice with a friend saying, that'll be 15 apples. Just get comfortable for saying it, saying it out loud. And here is a line that I use when they say, what would this cost? I say, well, before I give you some options, are there any budgetary limitations I need to be aware of? Because I don't want to lose the job. And usually they, well, sometimes they tell you. Well, for example, one woman who'd worked with me years ago, uh, when I was asking her, and what did you pay the last speaker? I realized I was thinking of a project. She was looking more than one off. So that's going to make a difference. Because I'd love to go to Hawaii to give a presentation. I don't care if it doesn't lead to anything else. It would be a good reason to get me there so I can have a vacation. All right. So that the what would be the applications? What would they do with this? All right. So let's go back. And then a seamless transition. A seamless transition can be a pause. It could be as simple as, before we, before we move to the second technique, do you have any specific questions about what you've heard? If you're on stage live, it could be as simple as pause and you might move to a different part of the stage. You might move... As, as you're looking at the audience, you would move to your left because to your audience, that's right, which means you've got the first one, you're moving to the second. Now, you might also perhaps introduce this from a historical point of view. Past, present, future. 
So the past, present, future. Now this happens a lot when I help people. It might be a State of the Union. It might be the January sales meeting. So what do we do? Welcome to the 2024 sales meeting. Let's review the great results and celebrate our success. Talk about this year's strategies. And if we implement these strategies with our new product line, we can look forward to three years from now celebrating that past, present, future. Now, this could also be when I've helped people lay off people with their presentations. This is a tough speech. Yeah, this is a tough speech. If you're going to lay off people, so you, it's not going to make it a lot easier. However, you have to give the logic behind with an emotion. So it could be. You say is. With, as you know, it is becoming necessary to lay off 30% of our sales force. And it's probably difficult for you to understand that this is the hardest job I've ever had in my 40-year career. But to help you understand that this decision was not taken lightly, Let's review. Back in 1960, in a garage. Now you tell. At the end of the first year, we'd made $36,000 and we had six employees. By, two th by 1995, we were in three factories. We had this many people around the world making this. And then you might say, five years ago, competition came from places we didn't realize. And then three months ago, you remember the headlines that our major competitor was introducing a version of our propriety software that was free. Now, this is what we've done to recover in this. So you see, you have to lay it out put it in the historical con context past present future all right then again simplest transition and the third way you might look at it is problem solution and example hang on problems there we are problem so solution and example now this if you think derek going back to our sales presentation Rather than this is who we are, this is what we do, this, most people these days know that or you wouldn't be having the appointment. And hopefully in your pre-conversation, hopefully in your pre-conversations, you have found out it might be challenges, interests, or opportunities. So it could be problems or challenges, whatever wor wor word works for you and them. Opportunities or interests. And this comes in the pre-conversation, before the formal presentation, the formal presentation. And, and I always recommend salespeople with their presentations say... Congratulations. What do most salespeople say? Thank you for your time. Oh my gosh, I want to throw up if I ever hear that again. Because, frip principle one, if you sound the same as everybody else, you have no advantage. So congratulations. Now, what did they have a right to be proud of that they are proud of and especially if you had to dig to find it out. Now, it would work if it was something on their website, but it would work even better if you did some research 
And it could be as simple as talking to the receptionist who answers the phone. It could be a lot of different ways. But congratulations, because if you've heard my normal presentations, you know the number one principle is I work on one premise. Everyone's more interested in themselves than they are in me. Point one in every presentation I give. It has to be you focused. Well, by saying congratulations, that is you focused. It is not about me. Then you don't thank them the time because if we want to be considered partners, trusted resources, or then you'd say thank you for the opportunity to discuss how your company could well be served by doing business with our company. Now you're gonna wordsmith it, but that's the idea. How the ABC company could well be best served with the FRIP sales presentation training. Now that's your premise. Whether you state it or not, your premise of a sales presentation is always, you'll be better off doing business with us. That's it. You might, you, you're going to say it a little nicer and then what do, do we do with the structure of our presentation? We prove our premise. We prove our premise. Well, one, if you've already had one conversation, you know, are they interested in hearing? Is there an opportunity to them expand or whatever it is? Or do they have a challenge or a problem that they want fixed? And then as you go through, as you go through your presentation, so point one, two, three is their challenge, their opportunity, or their interest. And then part of this, part of this is also... Uh, you that's when you can tell some stories, some happy customer stories. So, Tim, your company uh, has the same amount of employees and the same amount of locations as our other client, the ABC company. And what worked well for them that could very well be a good option for you is our three-step process. Da, 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 da. And so as you go through what they are interested in, and of course, within this, you can say, and, and this is a line I use, obviously I'm seasoned. And based on 30 years of coaching executives, I will always be respectful. I'll never make them feel bad. However, they can't push me around. You know, I know what results you need them to get. But so you go through this and that's where you, so you say is, well, just last week, I got a call from a client who said, Patricia, I would not have believed it possible that. So this is when you tell stories and add the dialogue of your satisfied clients. That is what I call taking your satisfied clients on your sales calls with you. Have within the structure of your presentation, have some stories that match their situation. Now, again, it has to be true. You could give them the reference. What makes it not true? What makes, well, you, stories have to shrink time. And we know with big companies and big sales, they probably went through, you know, they might have shown an interest on your website. Pre-sales called them up. They've already gone through several stages before you talk to them. However, in a story, a happy, satisfied customer story, I always suggest it begins with help the situation. When I first met Derek, he... 
you know, he said, Patricia, you don't know me. However, I am the season, senior vice president of, and I heard you were the best person for me to talk to. Then they, and then in a sales story, they have to clearly articulate their problem. Now, we know they didn't. They might not need the conversation with you to understand what the real problem was. But in our story, it's help and they clearly articulate the problem. The second part of your sales story is... <coughs> the solution. So what we did with Derek's company, or Tim's company, or whoever your example is... <coughs> You see, we went through this three-step process. This, 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 this. And you can imagine my excitement last week when he called and said this. Now, that's just one part, but this is <coughs> problem, solution. So anyway, however you put together your presentation. So you have choices. Now, there are more choices than this, but uh, you'll... Your explanation, example, application, <coughs> your historical point of view, past, present, future. And it could be the past, present, future of negotiations or the sales or how we do business, how we make decisions. Problem, solution, example. <coughs> All right. Now, let's look. Then every presentation has a review and a Q&A. And then <coughs> what I recommend is with your review, you restate the premise. So how do you build your credibility, confidence, and double your income? Now you review your key ideas. If you introduced some characters, you might say, well, just like Hillary or just like Tim's company or just like this or just like what we did at Barclays. You remind them of the stories because although we use words to communicate, our audience remembers pictures. You get together with your friends. What do you do? You talk about stories of how you first met, adventures you've had. You are seeing these situations and the memories and the emotions that go with them. And then, if it's appropriate, you take Q&A. And then you challenge them to take action. Now, a lot of my work, of course, is working with engineers and technology experts who speak at their user conferences. Some are virtual, some are in person. And as you have heard me say many times, we speak to be remembered and repeated. Which is why you want to speak in shorter sentences and pause. And when we do our job well, we speak to the audience of our audience. When our message is clear enough and interesting enough that they will want to talk about it. Now, with my engineers and technology experts, what I build into their presentations, and you could do this with your sales presentation or certainly if this is a speech. So with my engineers, You've done your, so you've, thank you for your interest in their new product. All right. And then, and it's going to be tied into what this product does for them. And then you say, when you talk to your leadership or when you talk to your colleagues about this new product, remember to tell them, ba-ba, ba-ba, ba-ba. You are putting in their audience's mind. This message is not just for you. You need to share it with your leadership. Who's going to give us the big bucks? Or when you talk about this with your other leaders. Now, for you, Derek, what you might say, if we go back to your speech to the women entrepreneurs in catering, 
you could say. So how do you build your credibility, your confidence, credibility, and double your income? And you say, what you might want to do with your next Monday's team meeting, whether you have two associates or 20 associates, get together and say, just heard a great presentation on how we can increase sales by learning to negotiate. And as we all have some part of our customer process, it's important not only I, as the major breadwinner, know these techniques, we all have to know them. And, and make the same comment I just made to our audience. If you want whatever you want to learn, teach somebody else. And you say, for you really to get these results, everyone in your company understands. And of course, if you need help training everybody, you now have a new best friend who is a negotiation expert. And you might say, oh, that's so American. No, you are serving people. You might be giving them a presentation. And this is the secret. You always have to give your audience enough advice that if they did what you suggested, they would be more successful. But there are always going to be some people in your audience that would like a little more help. Because as we all know, investing in technology is exciting, but you've got to be taught how to use it. QuickBooks, great. You've got to learn how to use it. I'm, uh, I'm very let's go back. Of, let's of just your... look at one last one. Let's go back to our slide. No, okay. Strong close. So let's look at the strong close. With with a speech, it might be last story. Or as I'm going to do in P for PSA London, that I often do for NSA chapters, it's, as you heard in my introduction, I'm a 46-year member of the National Speakers Association who is still working and in demand. So I've been asked to tell you how you can do that too. And then I, well, you'll have to tune in to PSA to see what I say. <laughs> but that's it. Now, with a sales presentation, now with a sales presentation, which we also use because most of us are in business, there's your close, and it might be you take any other questions that they have, and you then you might say, uh, if this makes sense, our next logical step would be to. Now, usually with sales presentations, they're going to debate and they're comparing you to three other options. So you're not going to get an answer. But then you so you just say is thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity. To discuss how our company could be your best option to serve your company as you are moving towards this. And as you talk about the Fripp company in your further deliberations, remember, now what the last line of a speech or a sales presentation, or even a speech to your Rotary Club about your business that might lead to business, more business, is what I call your last words linger. And these are three last word lingers, real life situations I've given to my clients. One, as you turn around, now this was a big company, a leader in the industry, which means, yes, they're the dominant, they probably cost a bit more, but in times of challenge and turmoil, they are not going out of business. 
So their last line as they turned around, it's almost, I call it the Columbo clothes. Now, the Columbo clothes, I'm sure many of you have seen Peter Falk. And you know, just as he's walking out, just one more question. So this is it. Your presentation is, is closed. You're just turning the leave and you say, and remember, 157 profitable quarters. In, in main, we are going out of business. Now, with another client, they are a small company competing against someone like the big company. And this is us. This is us. So what you might say, and remember, we are large enough to satisfy all your needs and small enough that you'll always be a VIP client with the president's cell phone available you can call 24-7. And then with another client, a technology company, it was remember, 99% of the Fortune 100 do business with us. So, Derek, I see I have about two minutes if you have any questions before well, I need to go and get ready for my real sales client. Patricia, I think that we ought to close it now because we need to thank you. And I know that you have a client at um, six o'clock our time, which is 10 o'clock in the morning. And we have to thank you for getting up so early yeah. as well to present to us. So I would like to thank you. There's so many tips there. Um, and I've been taking notes and trying to pay attention at the same time for our unrehearsed bits and pieces. But could I ask all members of Monday Night Live to thank Patricia in the normal Monday Night Live way? Can I say that I wish I'd have known some of this before I got to my mature age and i can think everybody else on this is thinking the same but we can pass this on to all sorts of people and will you come back and join us next year and answer some of those questions please and i'll certainly be and i hope to see you for your christmas party on the 18th of december correct and i will see you at heathrow airport in june uh, send me the flight number and we'll be driving to dorset okay. patricia fripp thanks for for joining Monday Night Live. And if anyone get, wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Send me an email to pfrip at fripp.com. pfrip at fripp.com. And remember, fripp.com, and you go to fripp.com, it'll say contact us even. You can send an email and get the free resources and I believe you'll also find the Fripp speech diagram on the handouts page. That's fantastic and thanks for sharing so many nuggets and we look forward to seeing you shortly and uh, I will stay on. Patricia has to go to her next client and uh, thank you very much indeed. See you soon Patricia.